What the Beep Do You Know About Learning English is a podcast for intermediate to advanced learners of English, and some teachers might find it interesting too. The podcast aims to provide different perspectives on teaching and learning English, and at the same time develop our listeners' English skills. In this episode, Amy and Damien look at one of our previous guests' English language learning tip and pair it up with a review of an online tool that'll help you improve your English. Today, we revisit Vicky's tips for learning English and review three collocation tools. If you want to find out the connection between dead bodies and a body of words, then keep listening. Okay, let's start writing. I'm Damien, the sledgehammer that smashes down language barriers, and this is Amy. Hello. Hi, Amy. What do you do? Uh, I, uh, oh, what do I do? Uh, well, I guess if I could use a squash metaphor, I smash balls against walls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds a bit uh, dangerous, especially for men. Um, you might need to edit that uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just played a squash game this morning, so I'm still a bit pumped up. <laughs> oh, well, that's all right. Um, so this episode is our smashing sledgehammers format where we look at our teachers' English language learning tips from previous episodes and then we look at some online tools that might help you improve your English. So today we're going all the way back to Vicky and this is what she had to say about learning English. We've got corpus to guide us a lot of the time. Mm. So we can turn to corpora for, well, it's made a big difference in the dictionaries we use. and um, But also we can go and sort of research topics in terms of word frequency in ways we couldn't do before. I mean, that was always my dream when I was teaching business English all the time yeah. to be able to research that vocabulary that was um, most useful for that field that the student was working in. I, yeah, I love those, the corpus at the moment. There just seems to be so many, I suppose, more like user-friendly sort of tools coming out where you can, you know, actually guide students and get them using it as well, which is exciting. Yes. Yeah. That's a really handy handy thing for a teacher that and in a way you know the internet is one big corpus as well because you can just go to google type in see what the next word is in the autocomplete or on your phone you can see what the next Mm. word is on the autocomplete and you're getting um collocation advice so vicky made a good point about collocations and how the internet now is like your corpus and we'll talk about corpus or corpora uh, a little bit later. So, but first, let's go deep with collocations or word buddies or word friends because I think words get by with a little help from their friends. Can you sing that for me? <laughs> I could sing it, but I, I don't think the, uh, the audience would appreciate the sound of my singing and they may stop listening. So, uh, but I do appreciate the Beatles. I do ap- appreciate the Beatles reference. Very good. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll skip the singing. But before we talk <laughs> about the tools, we, I think we need to make sure our listeners, you know, understand what 
exactly collocations are and why they're important as a learner of English. So, yes. Amy, what, what, what are collocations? Well, collocations are words that we put together. They can be, be words that we commonly put together um, to, to make phrases, sometimes even um, compound nouns, I suppose. Yeah, they're words, yeah, that, that commonly go together. And, and, and another way to look at it, I suppose, if, if we just break apart, we do a bit of like morphology and break apart collocations um, into its three parts. And we have like, you know, the prefix, which is col, which yes. sort of means, you know, together or with, while mm-hmm. the main part of the word is is location. So as a whole, it sort of means words that are together or as I wanted you to sing before, words like to be friends or, you know, <laughs> like to hang out. So you, no word is an island, but unfortunately I suppose students right. often treat words like islands when they need to be thinking of like, I don't know, What's another metaphor? Communities or families or, you know, words hanging out. You just stole that out of my brain. Yes, communities would be a really good way to think of words, yeah. Yeah. So basically, and this is what you said before, collocations tell us which words, you know, can come before or after After. a a word, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it can be more than just two words, you know, it can be like three or four, maybe even five. Um, So, Amy... Show me the money or what are some <laughs> verbs that, that go with money? Can you give me a few collocations for money? Well, show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I feel I, like I you need the you object with me. Um, pay money, mm. uh, spend money, make money, earn money, uh, waste money, lose money. Those last two are just things you don't want to do. <laughs> um, invest <laughs> money. Thinking, mm. Yeah, and that, that's heaps. So you, as an expert speaker of English, can, you know, automatically call up all these words that are connected or are collocations with, with money. So I think knowing collocations will help you become more fluent in English because the human brain is basically wired for chunks or collocations and the more collocations you know, the faster you can speak, listen, read and write in English. And... Just recently I'm reading a book like about peak performance or how to get the best in different fields like, you know, playing a violin or and they talk about learning languages as well and they refer to one experiment which I think sort of connects into collocations and it's if you test someone's memory with like a random selection of words, um, um, screw it, I'll just get you to do the experiment, yeah? Oh, rather okay. than me try to explain it. <laughs> I think it'll okay. be more vivid for our listeners. So you're going to be the lab rat. All right, good. Um, I'm going to tell you a collection of words. Okay. And you just you need to try and remember them in mm-hmm. order, as many as possible. Don't write anything down, yeah? Okay. All right. Don't you can't see me though, so you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, can I'll hear. We can hear. <laughs> scratching, furious scratching on a paper. <laughs> yes, okay. All right. I just say them and you try to remember them in order and, yeah, that's, that's the deal. Okay? I'll start right. now. Yep. Was, smelled, front, that, his, the, peanuts, he, good, hunger, eating, barely, eating, woman, of, so, in, could, that, him, contain. Okay. 
So how many words can you remember? Go, tell me. In order. Uh, Was, smelt, woman, peanuts, hunger, (laughs) So you got two. And, yeah, I mean, most people get similar score. I think the average um, was about six. But, yeah, most people couldn't really recall a lot of those words. Okay, now Mm. I'm going to say the same words again but in, like, comprehensible sentence and you need to try and remember it as much as possible or retell the sentence correctly, okay? okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you ready for part two? Oh, I think so. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the woman in front of him was eating peanuts that smelled so good that he could barely contain his hunger. All right, hit me with it. The woman in front of him was eating peanuts that smelt so good that he could barely contain his hunger. Yes, 100%. You redeemed yourself. You're in the top, <laughs> the top 100. Yeah. Um, so most people remember most of the sentence or, or all of it. And mm-hmm. I suppose what, what do you think is happening there? Why do you think you can remember the second one more than the first? Um. Well, I would put that down to me knowing, like, what the order of a sentence should basically be because um, before it's it's nonsensical because it's just a whole bunch of words and I think probably, uh, yeah, there's there's no flow there for me. Mm. And, that, and that's what the scientists think, that people can make sense of the words, I suppose, using, they call them, pre-existing mental representations. So you have in your mind, you know, I suppose the order of a sentence or the grammar or what words go with each other. So I think that's where I think collocations are maybe part of these representations in an expert speaker of English. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if this is relevant to what you also saying just then, but uh, I could get a a picture of the scene. Mm. Like I saw, I could see the man waiting behind the woman with the peanuts um, and feeling like, oh, God, I, I really need food because I'm hungry. So, yeah, that's what was going on in my mind as well. So I, I got like a mental image of the scene and then it sort of I could then kind of describe it back if that makes any sense. Does that help? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like storytelling right. and things like that, yeah, like yes. with memory and stuff, yes. stories and things hook into your memory but also mm. can be cultural thing like depending on what culture it is I don't know people eating peanuts might be more of a um, western culture so it also comes down to culture and stuff like that there's probably lots of um, lots of factors but also if you look at the sentence there's also like I suppose collocations come in like in front of so instead yes, of just remembering the word front if you have a group yeah. you've got a group of three or smelled so good which I imagine would be uh a very strong collocation or could barely control that that, that's like another three-word collocation. So I think if you learn individual words without collocations, you'll sort of be like the first example in that experiment. You just got all these sort of random words you have to bring out of your mind and put together. Well, if you have, you know, strong in if you're strong in collocations you'll be more like the second one and you'll become fluent in English but if you still don't believe me uh I have one more test to show yeah, our listeners. Do it. so Exciting. this is 
lab rat episode two. Um, and in this test, I hope they're going to show like the power of collocations with a little collocation test from the book Keywords to Fluency. So I'll say the sentence and then you give me, you know, the word that you think follows that or the collocation, okay? All right. So number one. But leave a little bit of a gap so our listeners can have a go at it as well, okay? Uh, the, the gap may be quite natural. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can say now, yeah, you weren't thinking about it, but um, <laughs> it's a good, you know, good way to get out of it. So number one, I need to work harder at my English. I make too many silly what? Mistakes. Yes, that's right. So that that's a you know very strong collocation. Silly mistakes. Um, and number two, look, we've got plenty of time. I'd like to see what the countryside round here is like. Let's take the scenic beep home. What do you think? Well, depending on pronunciation, where you are in the world, you could say route or route. Yes, and number three. If your television breaks down in the first three months, we promise to replace it free of what? Charge. Yes, you're on a roll. Number four, not only did she win the marathon, she also set a new world what? Record. Yes, and you might be setting a new world record for getting... Uh, collocations correct here today. Um, number <laughs> yes. five, there's been a coup and the president and his family have fled the, what do you think? Country. Bingo. And we'll do one more. On the way to Athens last week, we threw, sorry, we flew through an electric storm. The plane was struck by... And what do you think? Lightning. Lightning, that's right. So you got 100% in that, in that test. Um, so that's, I think, a clear demonstration. Like as an expert speaker of English or someone who's spoken it since they were born, you, you can automatically fill in these gaps. And just think if you're listening to something, you're already sort of, it helps you be a better listener because you're pre-filling, you know, what that what your speaker is going to say so it's sort of I suppose these collocations feed into everything whether you're reading you'll read more fluently because you can skip along without just going word by word you'll mm. listen better because you're predicting what's happening and what's coming and also your writing and speaking will be more more natural so I think that's where why collocations well that's what collocations are and why I think they're important for students if you want to become a fluent speaker in a second language. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So often I see students, um, I mean, there's so much about vocabulary you can talk about, but so often I see students just randomly writing down words on a page and then they think that's their way of gathering vocabulary. And so, I mean, they really have to be pushed or prompted to do the collocation work, like to set up that habit because a lot of them will not um, unless you prompt them. So it's really, really valuable work to do. 
Yeah, and it, I mean, even for me, I think reflecting on studying Thai, I still often write down single words, even though I know that I shouldn't. But I do often then go back and try to expand on it or find them, you know, in context with collocations. Just a bit, a little bit harder, I think, with English. There's all these tools you can do with Thai. It's a bit limited with right. how you find these things. You still can. It just takes a lot, a lot more effort. Okay. But and, that, and that's what we're moving on to now. So, so we're moving on to the tools in English that can help you find collocations. I mean, in the past it was a lot trickier, especially, you know, pre-internet, but thank God for the internet. You can now use special godlike powers of the Oxford and Cambridge mm-hmm. Dictionary writers <laughs> to improve your language, which is through an English language corpus. And with a corpus, I said we'd explain this early on, I suppose a corpse is like a body or a dead body, yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. an oxymoron, that's yeah. Right. While <laughs> a corpus is a body of words, yeah. So just think of this big body of words, yeah. And it's basically a massive collection of English words that is that is searchable. Um, and these types of tools make it easy to find collocations. And, and that, I mean, that's what Vicky mentioned as well, like just simply doing a Google search nowadays can give you a, a quick check on what kind of words go around certain vocabulary. Like if we put, you know, money in, I'm sure we'd come up with some of the, some of the words that you threw out before. Um, so let us move on. In this episode, we're, we're going to look at three corpus, um, corpora. What did you call it? Corpi? Um, well, it is actually, I did check it. So it's corpora oh, yeah, or it's corpora, corpuses. Yeah. Oh, you can say I both, apparently. Good. You can say corpuses. No. Don't say corpses, though. Say corpuses or corpora. Oh. Um, corpora, I think, sounds much kind of, um, sounds kind of cooler, I think. Corpora. Corpora. I don't know. Okay. We're <laughs> going to look sound at cooler. three uh, corpora that could help you improve your English. So we sort of looked, we did a bit of a test, both of us. We We put through two words and just checked out, like, what these tools are capable of and which one I think is the best for you, the listener. Um, the words we use, I used favourite and select. So favourite is a high-frequency word in the general general word list, while select is from, like, the academic word list. So with the the tools, we looked at three tools, NetSpeak, Just the Word, and the iWeb Corpus. So what we'll do, Amy, today is think we'll just go through each tool like and sort of compare them in each of the three categories. And at the end we'll we'll give our sledgehammers as to which one we think is the best tool and see if we're in in agreement or not. Perfect. Or you might want to be smashing some more balls, I don't know, like from your uh, squash experience. So yeah, I, uh, I do mean that as a sports sports uh, metaphor, just so you know, everybody. Good. It's all sports. about sports. I'm not a violent person, but when it comes oh. to a racket hitting a ball against the wall, I'm in. All right. We'll the squash court. sports realm. <laughs> <laughs> Pedagogy. Um, so the first category is pedagogy and pedagogy is sort of looking at, you know, like their teaching methodology or is it 
based on good research or ideas, the, the, the three tools. Um, so the first tool is, is NetSpeak and it, uh, it's, I think it had a little phrase, it's called one word leads to another, I think it was yes. this little catchphrase. That is the catchphrase. Um, and, and they use, I think, the internet as their corpus. It's not like a specialised corpus, which I think can, can be good or bad because it's not that controlled. It sort of just trawls and I, I don't know how, like what sort of range of websites it's trawling or looking through. Um, so you get a wide variety of language and but what I noticed is that it sort of picks up like bad language from the internet, like it seemed to pick up, uh, you know, like titles of articles or titles of things yeah, or very as well. yeah. internet-based language. So yeah. that sort of, I think, yeah, let, lets it down um, for me. Did, yeah, did you notice anything about else about that one or not? With- yeah, I did. Often it would be titles of things and it wasn't, I mean, it had a combination of titles and general use, but... Mm. Yeah, when I first was playing around with it, I was just getting a whole bunch of titles of books and journals and things, and I thought, oh, okay, that that isn't really what I would be wanting it for or using it for, no. Yeah, so it's definitely got a few flaws, which we'll look at in some of the other categories and at the end. Um, with just the word, for me, this one had a lot stronger foundation and it... With net NetSpeak, you don't really know where it's getting its words or sentences from. With just the word, it's taking it from I think Coca is it or the the British the British corpus. I can't remember the name, but yeah, yeah it's based yes, on, it on a proper corpus, so it's giving yes. quality, uh, you know, sentences or or data about words. Um, so I think this one's more of a real, I suppose, more of the real deal than say the NetSpeak one in regards to pedagogy. Um, oh, it's a British, sorry, I've got it here, BNC, the British National Corpus is what, yeah. is what it's based on. And what it also, I says just how it breaks it up is is pretty good. So it breaks up the the word types into groups, you know, like prepositions or or nouns or a verb followed by a noun and stuff like that. And you also have access to concordance lines, which... Which are they? You know, do you know what concordance lines are? Uh, I've heard that, but I'm not sure if I'm if I'm under, if I understand what it actually means. Can you ex- clarify that a bit more? Yeah, it's just like puts lots of example sentences above each other, oh, so like right. it'll okay. display like twenty. So in just a word, if you clicked on the um, the collocation will then flip to the concordance lines where it got its data from. So you you can sort of scan down and see all the patterns very quickly. You can sort of see what words are coming all around it and get a lot better feel for it. And that and that's where it'd be useful for I suppose for writing, which we'll talk about later. Okay, so let's move to the third tool, um, the iWeb Corpus. What what do you think about that, Amy? Um, to be honest, of all three, I thought this one was much better. I thought this was the best one of the three. Mm. And why? What did you like about it? Um, oh, look, a lot of things. I mean, I think uh, I think it was more user-friendly than the other two. Um, I liked the way it breaks up. 
I'm always trying to encourage my students whenever I, I can to try and make like, um, I don't know, like, and particularly when they're preparing for IELTS test to try and do like a vocabulary, like a, a scrapbook mm. in a sense. And what I liked about this was this is kind of how I'd want them to do the scrapbook with vocabulary. Um, obviously not with just the one word, but with many words, you know, you've got the word, you've got the definition, you've got topics that it relates to words, obviously that it collocates with, cause it's a corpus. So it has to have that, um, word clusters. It has synonyms, um, the concordance lines, um, and what I also really like is the fact that you can, I mean, it gets away a little bit from collocations here, but you can hear in video clips how to pronounce the word as well and hearing people using it in sentences. So I just thought it just gave, I think it just gave me a lot more when I was using it than the other two did. Yeah, definitely with the, it's sort of like a big mega om, omni uber sort of corpus. It, it seems to cover a whole lot. And as you said, like that scrapbook analogy is quite good. It's sort of like a, it has all those different parts of knowing a word, which you often try to get your students to, you know, note down about new vocabulary. So that was cool with that format. And even, I mean, the speaking stuff, it is still collocations because they're just, they're using those yeah. collocations in spoken language. And, and that's another aspect, I think, of getting to know a collocation is how how is it spoken in quick speech or how, how do they use it or how do they stress it, that, those collocations, mm. which is good. User experience. So moving on to user experience, so we'll, we'll move back to NetSpeak now. Uh, is it user experience is talking about, you know, how easy is it to use, to search, to find words, and, you know. So with NetSpeak, I think it was it's it's pretty user friendly. There's not much to it, and it's got a little help button. What what I do like about NetSpeak is that you can be quite specific about, you know, like putting the question mark between two words or put two question marks and look for collocations in between. So I quite liked NetSpeak's you know search function or search queries. In, in that regard, even even though the quality of what you got back wasn't as good. So what did you think about Just the Word? Did you have any problems using that? Um, no, I, I found it fine. Um, I did struggle a little bit, though, with the, um, the alternatives buttons. I found them a little bit strange to navigate. Yeah, um, those ones, I don't actually know if they work or I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, I don't think they do because I kept trying to put in the word. I'm doing it now actually as we speak Yeah, just to review. Uh, well, actually the web server's down anyway, so <laughs> it's not working. But, yeah, um, I mean it had – so obviously it's got the combinations button, which is was the first thing that we would go to, but now the web is down yeah. um, at this very moment. It wasn't the other day though. Um but then the alternatives, you know, offers a lot of promise because then it suggests things from the thesaurus. Um, but then, yeah, it, it didn't really seem to do what it says it's going to do. Yeah, with the alternative buttons, yeah, I think I just avoid it. So yeah, if nothing I'm advising students to use, I'll just use the combination one. Maybe there is yeah. some way to use it, but I couldn't find it. I looked in the sort of notes on the person who designed it and I couldn't really see yeah, how to use the alternates button. 
But other than yeah, that, so I suppose the basic thing, you put the word in and it found the collocations, like the basic button worked easily enough. Um, yeah, I do like, what I like about just the word and also iWeb Corpus is the use of colour coding to mm. break things up as well. Like I think that's... Um, I think that's a good thing to do to show different word forms and, and parts of speech. Although the one criticism I will make about iWeb Corpus was in the um, in the concordance lines, mm. what it needed, I mean, maybe I missed this, you could probably direct me differently, is it probably needed to have a clearer key of the, the, the parts of speech or the word forms. So it's colour-coded, but then it didn't, I don't know. I mean, to us it might be quite obvious that, okay, this word which is in, you know, fluoro green is an adjective, but that may not be obvious to a student using it. So they probably needed a key in that particular one. Yeah, I don't um, know if there is a I imagine there would be a key. But, but I don't it, think there is, yeah. I don't know where it is though. So that, Probably just assuming people know, but, yeah, it would be useful yeah, for students. Which, yeah, which we look if we look from their point of view, I don't think it would be immediately obvious to them at first. So that's where I think it loses a mark or two in user user friendliness. Yeah. Also, the just with the searches, that I don't know with just the word, I couldn't. It just seemed like you could only put in one word, and then it would find. Well, as I said with NetSpeak before, it had you could do more variety with the type of search, and with iWeb Corpus. Did you try that with more than one word? I couldn't. I wasn't sure if it had a function where you could, you know, put a gap, leave a gap in, and find a word in between two words and stuff like that. Um, so I'd probably have to. Play I, I didn't try it more. to be honest. Hmm. I didn't try it to be honest. Um, I was just looking for the one word to see what it would, what it would come up with. Um, but again, perhaps that is that is an issue that they you know they would need to address if they wanted to improve it for people. Language learning potential. All right, so let's move down to I suppose language learning potential. Like, if you're advising a student to use this tool, do you think it is the real deal? So, starting with NetSpeak, what do you think about that one for language learning potential? Well, I have to slightly disagree with you in terms of the codes that were written. Maybe it's just me and the way my brain works, but it took me a little while to try and figure out how to actually use it and to put in the codes. And I couldn't immediately differentiate between what what one code and what another one meant, unless, of course, it was like the code that searched for a synonym, perhaps. Oh, okay. Um, you mean like the in NetSpeak looking at the... Yeah, so having parentheses or a hashtag or, I mean, I, I sort of, it took me a little while to kind of figure it out and I thought, well, I don't know again whether this would be, whether this would just confuse students, whether it would be immediately obvious to them what they need to do and then what they're looking at. So I don't know. I think this one is is problematic in a lot of ways. Mm. So would you advise a student to use it or not? As a first choice, no. Yeah. I think I used to use it like I suppose maybe five, six years ago when I first came across it. I thought it was quite good but I I just think it's one of those programs that hasn't sort of been, uh, I might be wrong, but I don't think it's been like updated or (laughs) improved Mm. on since it first came out and it, it feels to me like the search and the information that it's getting 
is not that good in terms of accuracy. It might be good for a really quick check, but in a sense, yes, you might as well just be using Google as like what um, uh, Vicky advised, you know, in, in in that opening segment, because Google right. does a similar thing. You know, when you if you're typing in, it'll bring up certain collocations and stuff to go with it. So yeah. for me. It's probably better just to do if you if you're familiar with your search engine, you just use it, use that rather than NetSpeak as your first port of call, I suppose, um, yeah. or the first place you go to. And with with just a word for me, I like I suppose from you can learn a lot for it, and particularly I think with writing because it's on that British National Corpus, and I think that's a lot of that is like a written corpus. Um, it. It like allows you, I think, if you're looking, you know, you know, you want to find out certain what, what preposition follows a word when you're writing and you can go in and then find it in those groups or categories. So I think it's mm. useful for that. So with this one, I think, it, I think it's good for students in particular, ones who want to develop their writing further with collocations. Yeah, I would agree with that, definitely. And the final one, iWeb Corpus, what about that for learning potential? Uh, as I said before, I think this is the strongest model. I think it's the best of the three. Um, and what I also liked about it was I can't remember which button I pushed. I'll probably have to go back and play around with it again. Yeah. But there was a function where you could show word family as well. Mm. And I thought that's really good because I quite often teach word families and get students practicing using the the different um, forms of the word in, in different sentences. So I just think it's a lot more comprehensive. It just gives them a lot, I think, from a, you know, from an interesting point of view, I quite like the fact that you can go to external websites where people have handpicked, you know, short video clips, um, you know, that people can can view and listen to the words being used in sentence, I just think it offers the student a lot of, of things that they can do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think this one was a newer one I came across I don't know, through a professional learning network and I was just surprised by how much information it sort of brought together under one, you know, under one search. It, yeah. it was sort of like the corpus people were maybe dreaming of in the past is now, you know, the future is now, that sort of stuff. (laughs) Um, The only thing is I think you do, did you find, did you do many searches? I think you do have to register at some point for it if you do a certain amount of searches in a day, but I can't remember how many you have to do, but it's not a big issue. Oh, okay, so is it it a subscriber-based corpus? Uh, No, you didn't need to pay for it, but you just need to register and create an account. Uh Uh-huh, okay. after you do maybe five searches. I don't know how many in a day, but I don't think that's too much of a turnoff. Mm, okay. So, yeah, if we go back and round it up, so when we do our sledgehammers, you know, out of five, with five being spectacularly good and one being pretty terrible like a, a corpse rather than a corpus. <laughs> um so which one do you think? Well, no, let's go with we'll go through it. NetSpeak, what how many how many hammers, how many sledgehammers are you gonna give that? Smash Sorry, but in this case I'm gonna to have to give it about a one. 
Yeah, say I think I'd sit between one, one and a half. Yeah, tanner. one and a half would be my maximum, I think. And I'll, yeah. I'll probably delete it off my off my favourites. <laughs> I think it's going <laughs> to the bin. I've had it up there for a long time. But after sitting down and comparing it to other ones available now and how it hasn't really developed, I think I would say don't use it anymore and use your search engine will do a comparable sort of job. Mm. And maybe on to just the word. I'll start with this one. So for me, I, I think this has still got value, and particularly, as I said before, for writing sense, and I do like how it organises them into those different groups. Oh, and I did forget it had a very clear frequency bar so you could actually see the frequency of the collocations. So because sometimes it can be quite, I think, daunting or scary when a student goes in and sees how many... Uh, you know, words are connected <laughs> to a word and how you, you're going to remember yes. all of them. This mm-hmm. one gave very clear frequency. So if it had a long green bar, you could see, oh, okay, this one's used all the time. So in that sense, I think it's really good f- for writing. I think, I mean, can also for speaking, but in particular writing because you can then find those high-frequency collocations and sound a lot yeah. more natural in your writing. And that's where that's where the issue often lies is that students sometimes are focusing on too many words or prioritizing words that ha- don't have high frequency. And so if they can see that actually this is going to be a word that's going to be quite valuable to you to use quite a mm. lot, then then I think that's incredibly helpful. Yeah, yeah. Like there are two sides of the same coin. <laughs> is it high frequency <laughs> but it comes up a lot? <laughs> Mm. I don't know if you see that a lot in your students. <laughs> well, back in Australia, yes, but not here, no. <laughs> okay. Um, so this one, I like it. So I, I think I'd still give it like a, a four for me, four sledgehammers, because I think it, it's pretty good. Other than that, you know, the dodgy buttons that don't work or seemingly don't work, I think there's a lot of value in how they set it up. Yeah, I was a little bit lower. I was a three and a half. Pretty close. And then the last one, iWeb Corpus. You can lead this one. Yeah, well, as I said, I, I thought this one was was head and shoulders above the other the other two. Just by how comprehensive it is, how much it offers. Um so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna dive straight in and say it's a four and a half. Yeah, same here. I was thinking four and a half for this one. It, it could probably be refined a little bit in the future with just maybe the interface a bit more. Um, yes. But overall, it, as we sort of said before, it just sort of brings all those different aspects of getting to know a word together in, in one place. It's and, a bit of a one-stop shop, as you could say. One-stop yeah, shop. definitely one-stop shop. It's of, your department store of Cora, Cora <laughs> of I would vocabulary. say. It's got, it's of got vocabulary. Everything you, <laughs> everything in one place. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's pretty good, this one. And I think students, if they find a word, I think a really great next step, and as you said, if they keep a scrapbook or something where they sort of build their knowledge about that word and try to look at some different things. Like I said, with Thai, I always love looking at example sentences or sort of like concordance lines, I suppose, and just getting a feel for that word and seeing how it interacts with, you know, the word friends around it and... (laughs) it really helps me develop my knowledge of that word 
and how it sits, you know, as yeah, a collocation. So mm. You do. So this sort of tool I would love to have in Thai because it would just put it all in one place and takes out all that sort of thing of having to go to all different sites. It just puts it all in the one place. Mm, so For sure. Four and a half, yeah, smashing it out. So if you're, if you're listening, which you hopefully are, then, yeah, head over to iWeb Corpus. Also on English Riot, I'll, I'll put up the, the links to these, these tools so you can get a better understanding of them yourself. So that's, that's it. That's like the end of the episode. I think if I ever designed my own corpus, I would probably call it a uh, uh, bride or corpus bride, I was thinking. Um, <laughs> Do you, do you have any ideas for your own uh, specialised corpus? I really hadn't thought about it, but I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> but I do like that corpus. Um, oh. But anyway, thank you for coming today. And I learnt a lot, I think, by going through this process and just working out, you know, which of these tools are best and I know in the classroom which one I'll be using more and stuff like that and recommending to my students and hopefully you had a similar experience and yo see you next time (laughs) bye bye everybody I hope you enjoyed our ninth episode on collocations make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment through the anchor app or at English Riot we reply to everyone Next episode, we'll be speaking with one of my favourite teaching English YouTubers, Christian Saunders of Kangaroo English. See you next time.